season three, episode six. It's like father, like clown. And I'm going to throw it to my good buddy, as always, Shane Lynch, who's going to do our cold open. Ah, uh-huh, not me this time. We have a special guest, Darren Boland, throwing it over to him. Get your haggis right here. Chopped heart and lungs boiled in a wee sheep's stomach. Tastes as good as it sounds. Good for what ails you. Eh? Uh. <laughs> no sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. <laughs> oh, man, that was so good. Uh, that is our good buddy, Darren Boland. Uh, joining us for this episode and you might think to yourself wow he did a pretty good uh willy there well that because he hails from the great town of north kilt town he is from uh scotland darren thanks for taking the time to do uh like father like clown with us man we're glad to have you on a very proud resident of north kilt town and i am beyond glad to be on with you guys how are you doing how are you all doing Oh, oh doing good. great. lovely lovely to 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 chat simpsons with you it was one of the first things we all work together at the, mm-hmm. the sports factory where we work that makes the sports things. And it was one of the the things that, uh, uh, you know, we had another one of our friends on from the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, and we kind of mentioned that it's this weird thing. There's a lot of goaltenders in our company and there are a lot of people who love the Simpsons and it's kind of a bonding tool. And it was one of the, the things that the three of us uh, kind of bonded over, not to mention the strange thing that when Darren moved from Scotland to Canada, strangely enough, he wound up in this wee little town that nobody's ever heard of except myself because I had a cottage. Uh, my family had a cottage for years and years and years. What a strange coincidence, eh? It is a, it's a strangely small world. And honestly, and I know you guys will probably agree with this, it's something that is just realized more and more as the days go by. Um, just such a small world, and yeah, the the, the town that uh, that Nick here is referencing lies about an hour north of Belleville. If uh, y'all are from familiar with uh, Canada and uh, Canadian geography, more so Ontario, you'll know um, Belleville is just on the shores of Lake Ontario. Up a bit further north, you find this glorious little area, this beautiful piece of of back country, and a significantly sized lake called the Mazinaw Lake, and Nick, I'm sure you can agree to this, um, probably one of the more pristine places in terms of like nature uh, in Canada. Yeah, yeah it is uh, absolutely wonderful. If you do have a chance to get to Mazinaw Lake and, and Bon Echo Park, if you happen to be in Ontario, our, our friends in Belgium, you ever come over here, you get right to Mazinaw Lake, you take a look at the rock, you get to climb up it. It's it's pretty breathtaking, it really is. I'm not being sarcastic at all. Darren is, is 100% right. It's one of my uh, I'm a, I'm gonna say it's one of my favorite places on earth. It's just it's calming, it's beautiful, uh, absolutely it's, lovely, and it's a fantastic time if you want to go camping as well out in the mm-hmm. um, out in the wilds. But I will say this: um, being up and around there, you don't really find a lot of things to do, especially in the dead of winter. But one thing that did cure my my winter blues, so to speak, was um, sitting beside the fire, painting your lovely picture here, um, but more so watching uh, The Simpsons. And that's not just a, a, a very good transition. Um, that's genuine. <laughs> uh, the Simpsons was like a big part of my viewing like when I came across here and, and moved over here uh, just about 16 years ago now. Uh, but even, so, even more so before that, watching it back home and just for someone that isn't from uh, North America to be exposed to that sort of humor and to try and get the references in that, it was uh, it was an interesting experience growing up. But boy, when you get older and you, you you know you come across to this side of the world and you realize these, you make the connections. It's like oh, it just makes it such the connections just go off in your mind, and it just makes it so much funnier. It's such, it's just so much better. 
I'm glad you bring that up because I'm kind of curious. Like you're a kid. I don't know. Let's say you're nine, ten, something like that. You're watching it back in Scotland. And, you know, there, like you said already, there are a lot of references that maybe wouldn't be topical in in the UK. Um, and But the thing is, is that as far as my understanding goes, The Simpsons is extremely popular in Scotland and in England and Ireland. It's it's uh, it's got quite the fan base. So what is it like? What attracted you? Was it was it Bart? Was it like the, the style of writing? Like what was it that attracted you that pulled you into the show? I mean, I think it was just the I think it was just the fact that it was a car, it was a cartoon. I you know, it was like most kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was I grew up in the like I grew up in the um, the late nineties and into the early two thousands and um you know, my exposure at the time to any sort of ads or anything like that where or any sort of um cartoons um such as that you know, there was South Park that was around at the time, but I just never really liked that kind of humor. But when I watched The Simpsons, the humor really did speak to me. And it was just, you know, the, the characters themselves, but not only that, just the, um, when I mentioned the humor, the play, like the play on words, you know, like the, just the stupidness of some of them as well, like Cletus, the, um, the yokel, like just, just so like for, for someone that's, that's born in, in, in Scotland, someone that's come across from there and it's like, what is like a stereotypical, like backwards yokel of like, of, you know, of America or something like that. And that's not painting a picture on anyone bad in the U S by any means, but it's like, Oh, there are people like that though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, but Definitely. it's such a stereotypical look and it's just like the stupidity of that just makes, makes me laugh and like, um obviously like the um the kind of play on to like real life character like real life people like and like Mir Quimby, for example, you can hear the loose you can hear the the loose uh play ons to to John F. Kennedy. Like mm-hmm. just the, the 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 comparisons and like the uh, the inspiration behind some of the characters was just really, really fascinating, especially for a young kid trying to learn of a different culture on the other side of the world. It really was um it really was kind of fun to kind of learn. Um, but one that did, uh, one thing that I did have um, was a bunch of VHS tapes. I'm again, aging myself here, but I'm assuming most of your listeners know what a VHS tape is. Um, one of them that I had as a kid was a Simpsons VHS by the name of Sex, Lies, and the Simpsons. And the front cover is, I've got it up in front of me right now, and it makes me even just laugh looking at it now. It's Homer sitting uh, in his underwear, a seat, like a chair, flipped backwards, so he's like straddling the chair. It looks as if he's got like pizza sauce on like one finger. So oh, that's like, gold. I'm looking at this now too. He's yeah. licking it, and he's got like a, a, a half-eaten like pizza slice in his other hand. Um, um, and just like that, like that alone just made me laugh. And then you obviously watch the episodes with like within it. Um, and some of them include like The Last Temptation of Homer, Bart After Dark, New Kid on the Block, and Lisa's Rival. Lisa's Rival was actually one of my favorites as well. The um, it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one with the little, the small, uh, the small, like the miniature and like the the heartbeat inside. I can't remember what it was that it was referencing. Oh, the Telltale but... Heart. Yeah. Yes, yes. Such a like such a neat little such a neat little play on there. But um, that was one that I played over that VHS. Got very numerous plays on my on my VHS player growing up because it was like one of the only ones that I had um, immediate access to because it was back in a time where we didn't have. 
you know, Disney Plus, where we had the entire catalog at our, at our fingertips, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had a couple of compilation videos myself. There were a few different Simpsons one out there. There's one based on like Valentine's Day and love stories and stuff like that. And, I had the Christmas uh, ones. The Christmas one. <laughs> I, had, I had at least one Christmas one because uh, I know it had some Enchanted Evening or not some Enchanted Evening on a Simpsons roasting on an open fire. And it's yeah, it, that's one of the things when you're a kid, uh, especially when, when we were growing up, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, that you, you, that's all you had. So you just rewatch it over and over and over again. But that's really cool that some of the historical um, kind of historical parodies and riffing uh, kind of sunk in with you and connected you with a, a totally different culture. Now, I have to ask before we dive into this episode, um, mm-hmm. obviously, being from from Scotland, there is a Scottish character on the show in Groundskeeper Willie. First off, um, uh, first off, how is Willie's overall like? If if you had to grade him to be in comparison to the average Scot Scottish man, like how close does he come? And second, how many times when you came over to Canada were you asked to do some sort of groundskeeper Willie impression? Um, well. To answer, to answer the first part of your question, um, it really depends on what part of Scotland that you go to if you want me to compare them to actual people. Um, uh, there'll be a few people in Scotland that know where the dig's going from there. Uh, but outside of that, quite honestly, man, he's, he is, if the one word that comes to my mind to describe Groundskeeper Willie, it's, he's not one word, one phrase, I guess, over the top. You know, just very big and bombastic, and that's that's the very stereotypical. You know, people see Scots as loud and obnoxious and redheaded, and we always wear kilts, <laughs> and we're surprisingly always buff. Well, I can tell you one thing: I do on a kilt. I'm well. I don't know if I'm obnoxious. Shane and Nick might be able to um, argue there for it. Absolutely. I can be very loud at times. I've been known for uh, for being loud um, throughout my life. Um, but one thing I do not hold is the Herculean physique that uh, one groundskeeper really has, which... Grease um, me, woman. I, hey, listen, it takes a fine amount of grease to make yourself look like that, especially when you're from Scotland. Um, but <laughs> that, um, that being said, his, um, his accent as well, which done, um, of course, by Hank Azaria, um, the, the man does... It's up there with the with the top the the better done Scottish impressions. Um, and now to answer the second part of your question, uh, was I asked to do groundskeeper Willie impressions when I came across here? Yes, you add that into the list. It was either groundskeeper Willie. It was the Holy Trinity. You're either groundskeeper Willie. You're either fat bastard from Austin. Oh Power, yeah, yeah. Or oh, your Shrek, yeah. Or your Shrek. Um, mm. And if I've said that'll do donkey, that'll do. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. And if I've said the chili and baby back ribs, if I've done that, I've done that one about a million times as well. So there he's go. He's got the Holy Trinity, you get groundskeeper Willie Shrek and fat bastard all in one podcast there. So this one should be perfect. Somebody needs to make a man bear pig like thing of groundskeeper Willie Shrek and <laughs> Fat Bastard all come out into one. That'd be an amazing. That'd be that'd be a good trios of horror villain. Like I'd uh, watch like, that. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Look at that. See, Simpsons writers, we just came up with one for you right there. Um, that is that is one diner I would happily sit in and watch get absolutely destroyed by a Willie version of man bear pig. That would yeah, that would be amazing. Now you did mention Hank Hazaria, but Hank doesn't actually do groundskeeper Willie. It's Dan Castellaneta. Uh, Never. Homer who does wow uh, yeah and so dan based 
So the original Willie almost didn't exist. They called for a Swedish guy and then he didn't. Dan thought that the Swedish accent was too like it was too slow and it didn't really match the the character they were trying to go for with that over the topness that you were kind of talking about Darren. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to base it. He based it off a character from SCTV, this, this sour, mean um, guy who would host this cooking show. And he was like, it was supposed to be like this upbeat cooking show, but the joke being like, he's this mean old Scottish guy who just hates being there. And so that's what he based <laughs> the voice off of. So yeah, that's, that's, that's Dan doing a, a the Scottish accent. Wow. And yeah. And uh, mm. actually one last thing, one last Willie related thing you said, um, Willie kind of has the characteristics of like the, the over the top, the loudness, the kind of obnoxiousness. But there's one moment that <laughs> it gets me every time because I've always wondered like, oh, are Scottish people actually like this? It's when Willie accompanies Burns and Professor Frank and Homer and they're trying to find Nessie and they Homer goes, hey, look at those people they look just like you. And it's his ma and pa. And they just walk together slowly and just like, hey, hey. And then there's like that awkward science and then just leave. And that's it. <laughs> is, that, is that a common greeting when you, you see your family, just the eye and then they just walk away. Is that, that's that brilliant. I love that scene. Absolutely brilliant. Quite, quite honestly. Yes. There is, there is numerous times where the acknowledgement nice. of family members is just, all right, all right, all right, all right. You just, you walk, you know, you don't even, you don't even say anything. You don't see any names. You don't see anything like, hi, how are you doing? You just like walk in the door after a day from work. And it's just, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. There you go. That's, yeah. That's it. Um, by the way, thank you very much for the correction. Um, I am like you learn something new every day. I thought for the longest time it was Hank Azari that did um that did groundskeeper Willie, but Dan Castellaneta, good God, man, is this guy talented? I actually have one yeah. Willie question for you, Darren. Um, it never ends. It never yeah, ends. Poor Darren. Go ahead. One, oh, this shit. is my hey. This is my one and only. You've been anyways. I, yeah, um, I got two in. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Um, rule of threes in uh, in all media. So Darren, kids can be cruel. Generally, yes. uh, were you ever picked on, bullied, made fun of, uh, and was Willie used as a way to to get at you? Um, I mean, was I picked on, bullied? Like, I mean, who wasn't as a kid? Uh, every, um, everyone, yeah. But specifically yeah. using, like, uh, Willie. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it was more, yeah. Like, I mean, you got the, the stereotypical, like, Scottish impressions to to like try and like can i get like can i you know get on your nerve or that kind of stuff but it's it's like a it's like a bad joke man after a while it just goes sour and it's like mm -hmm. you hear it and it, you just kind of look at somebody that does it and you're just like you get anything better you know like there you go. Yep. it's it's it gets it gets it gets old real quick and like for the people that think oh hey i'm gonna be quick with this one and get on with this mm -hmm. it's like it was like 30 years ago like come on like let's let, let's, go. let's go into the times you know well I'm glad that, was, and that you still love the character regardless of those, I don't know, I guess, well, oh, for better word, idiots using that. A hundred, a hundred percent. Well, regardless of what idiot uses them to, to do anything to make fun of or anything like that, Willie is and for will ever be a proud and found Scott and I will forever love him no matter what. Awesome. That's what we, that's what we love to hear because we, we love Willie too. Um, we also love gangster movies. We, Darren, a couple episodes ago in, in Bart the Mo in Bart the Murderer, we were talking about uh, what's the best gangster movie of all time. And at our Simpsons Twitter page at Simpsons underscore EBE, I threw a poll up there. Still going uh, as of this recording. It'll be done by the time this episode come out. Can't explain that. How's that work? That's magic. But we put up uh, The Godfather 2 
uh, Goodfellas, The Departed, and then a reply uh, for whatever the heck you feel like if there's anything that's better than those three that I suggested. Right now, Goodfellas, actually in a pretty comfortable lead. I thought it would be a little bit closer, but Goodfellas mm. is about 20% ahead of uh, of Godfather 2. What are your quick thoughts on that? I mean, if I was like of that selection... Um... Yeah, I would probably say Goodfellas of of that one. I'm I'm kind of curious as to why you put Godfather Part Two and not mm. One. Well, Nick and I had this discussion on Bart the Murderer. Uh, Nick just off the cuff asked me like, "What was your favorite? Like, what's better, Godfather One or Goodfellas?" And the way I answered it was, "Goodfellas is better than Godfather One, but it's a hard toss up between." godfather part two and goodfellas because arguably godfather part two is better than godfather part one right and we said that because of the a bit of the slowness in how it kind of takes to a bit to get real into the story in the first godfather movie and that's whereas the other two godfather two and, and goodfellas they kind of just get right in there and it's it's a lot of a lot of fast action, I guess, like that. Or maybe not fast action. That's probably not the right term. Probably in the, the story. Maybe better paced. Yeah, yeah, better paced. That's the word I am I mean, uh, I'm looking for. I mean, God, Godfather Part One for me that that's one of my that's one of my top like three movies of of all time. Um, but that being said, Goodfellas of that list, I would choose Goodfellas. One other addition I would maybe put in there. You can't count out Scarface. Yeah, that's true. We never really talked about Scarface. Yeah, it is a gangster movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, know, I I don't know why I didn't consider that, but that's that's a good point. Um, yeah. So uh, by the time this finishes up, that poll will be done. I'm curious to see what the final result is for that one. So when it comes to this episode, though, in particular, so now you've got your Scottish Simpsons history, you got your groundskeeper Willie uh, history <laughs> there from from Darren. Uh, let's dive into this one uh, now a bit. Mike Reese, the showrunner at the time, said this was one of the episodes, I believe he's, he, he picked out four from around this era that was um, kind of like a turning point in the series because it broke new ground. And what he was kind of talking about was he's like, well, this episode is one of the rare ones of the time that focuses on a secondary character, though it is the second time they focus on on Krusty, um, that it goes into a religion that isn't Christian. It's pretty focused, pretty heavy on the Jewish religion and that they like they they wanted to make sure this was well done and well researched. So they went into bringing in consultants uh, as South Park does whenever they do anything religious to make sure that everything that they were saying was correct and made sense. Um, so I guess if you, you look at it in, in, in that overall sense of things, yeah, he, he probably is right. You could probably call it, but when it comes to the episode flow and overall funniness that is the Simpsons and what we've seen in episodes like Bart, the murderer, Homer defined stark raving dad for this season. From what I remember, this episode really dies off uh, around no, around like the halfway through the second arc, because uh, this is, again, this is right off the early nostalgia feelings. This episode for me, I didn't get it when I was a kid because Mm. one, I'm not a religious person. And two, like it, it is, it's so heavy. And some of the references are so, well-researched that I didn't understand what the heck was going on and what Bart was trying to do with Krusty's dad, Rabbi Krastofsky. Like, I didn't understand what he was saying. If that, if, if you get that, I do now. And that he's trying to prove that clowns are worthwhile people. I didn't get that as a kid. So a lot of that was lost in translation in the, in the ending of the episode. So going into this one, um, I still think it's a pretty good episode. Uh, I think it's better. Mr. Lisa goes to Washington from this season so far. 
but not that much better. So because of that, I'm going in with a uh, I'm going in with a six, fairly low rating for what we've All seen right. so far. But yeah, that's that's my justification. Shane, what do you got for this one? Uh, similar feelings. Uh, it, it's not going to be as strong as uh, Bart the Murderer for sure. Uh, it's definitely dealing with subject matter that isn't as funny. And as you said, they were trying to do right uh, with this episode, kind of being, uh, I guess, a little more informative this time around, kind of like the political episodes that we had, like uh, Two Eyes and Every Fish and uh, and the least episode. Uh, so I'm going to go in with a 6.2, just because I'm kind of expecting a little more of a dry episode. Um, but maybe this will surprise me. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I tend not to pay a whole heck of a lot of attention to, even if I'm doing um, like a, a, a replay through uh, wherever I'm watching it, be, be it DVDs or on Disney Plus or something like that. But Darren, what about this one? Did, do you remember catching this one at all uh, as a kid or even recently as an adult? I mean, the more and more I kind of like look at some of the, the the images from the episode and like and read read a little bit about it, I kind of remember it. But to be honest, I'm I'm coming into this one a little bit blind. Um, I I sort of remember bits and pieces from it, but um, not really kind of like thoroughly kind of all the way through. Um, I mean, I will say this though about it: um, the fact that the show kind of took the time to actually develop the story and an arc around. Uh, frankly, a B character in, in Krusty. You don't really get to see that in a lot of animated shows and a lot of um a lot of shows of that nature. So hats off to them for that. And to even just kind of approach another subject matter that, you know, at the time, whatever reason was like, um, what? No, kind of like breaking outside of the norm of what was usually seen on television at the time. Um, so kind of with those things in mind, this one this may be a wee bit kind of bad, but I'm getting it at a five point five. Not gonna. I'm gonna go in a little bit over fifty percent on the good side here, but can you see where things land before I make any uh, final judgment on things? Yeah, that's I, fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair. It should be noted that uh, you're right. They went outside the box, like Mike Reese said, in a, in a number of ways for this one. But I remember the first arc being quite good, and the second being kind of iffy, and then the third, I, as a kid, anyways, I had no idea what the heck was going on. It didn't help that the overall plot of this movie is based on the 1927 movie, The Jazz Singer. You know that, you know that one? You know, the old, oh, the old jazz favorite. singer? Yeah, I know that's one of, your, one of your favorites there. So when you already, when you're coming out of the gate, basing a movie, that even when this came, or basing an episode off of a movie, that when this came out was already 64 years old, um, people probably won't get, I had no idea until I looked up just doing some basic research for this episode that it was based off of that. Not a clue, because I don't watch movies from 1927. So we got our ratings. Let's see if we're uh, dead on in our nostalgic assessment of like father, like clown, or maybe we're wrong. And this one's going to be pretty good. Let's get into the episode. Here we go. Here it is. Like father, like clown, uh, October 24th, 1991. This one came out. Um, one of your heroes actually passed away that day, Shane. One uh, of your the favorite, late who? From one of your favorite TV shows of all time. Creator of one of your favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, cartoon then? Yeah. All right. Um, are they wacky? I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to say. You, the cartoon you didn't or the watch person? the show, just me. No, no, no. The person. The person. I thought you were talking right. about the person. Yeah, the, the show is a little bit wacky. Hmm. You know uh, who, who is it? Oh, no. Um, let's, let, let's let Darren guess. 
Um, if you know Shane, I, you might get it. It's well, not undergrads. It's too early. No. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. It's a, I, I believe it's a show that originated in, in Scotland, too. Star Trek, one of your favorites, Shane. Gene Roddenberry passed away. Oh, I didn't watch that. On, on this day. I, uh, I do like how... Um, <laughs> Krusty's kind of ineptitude shows there by him knocking outside Shoma with the hammer. Or the axe, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dan. That's an ongoing gag Nick and I have, by the way. He always asks me random stuff at the top, and I have no idea what it is. I was going to say, you caught me off guard with that one as well. I wasn't, um, I wasn't expecting the general knowledge question. <laughs> you, you get used to it. What are you talking about, Shane? You nailed uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I did. That was the only one. We've been doing this for almost three seasons now. That's the only one I got right. This is the first time I kind of get a glimpse into the seedy, not seedy, but kind of non-glamorous side of show business. and. Krusty's not that far off from certain people. I don't know any Bart Simpson. Krusty, he's the boy who saved you from jail. Well, we made a skin color is still off. Notice that with a few characters in the uh, the earlier seasons of uh, of The Simpsons, Smithers was one that also comes to mind too. Yep, Smithers is one. This animation is much much more smooth than season three than the first two um, you can even see it in that little flashback uh, obviously listeners you can't see right now because you're listening to us but i assure you it is different imagine i don't think we ever hear from miss penny candy again do we it was implied that she was like classically like in love with him no yeah yeah like she was always longing for like this right here when she uh looks at his picture and yeah. kind of like a, a longing gaze is Penny Candy meant to be a play on um, the the secretary from James Bond, Money Penny? Probably. If it isn't, it should be. That's great. Yeah, yeah that make a lot of sense. I was just thinking, like, money, um, wasn't it Penny Candy? Yeah. Yeah, Money Penny. I, I don't know. I just, it was like one and two. It was like, hmm, that kind of sounds like it would make sense. I love the crusty products. That uh, that cologne was used in a well-ventilated area. <laughs> it's always crazy safety hazards. Yeah, so we get crusty pens. Crusty is a poster or pencils, I guess this would be. I love the letterhead from the brain of Bart. Yeah, why does he? Yeah, how does he have his own personal letterhead? I think that's something I aspire to have in life is my own my own personalized letterhead. <laughs> yeah, when it's when it comes like from the from the desk of. <laughs> I mean, sounds like an easy Christmas gift. Well, I mean, you know where you know where I work and love, Shane. So this is true. I will be waiting for that. <laughs> I love this gag of of Krusty calling the sex chat hotline. It's just a bunch of weirdos. Uh, also calling in, I, I like I th that was it. That has to be what they are. Like it has to be just a, a bunch of other weirdos calling into that. Oh yeah, all those sex like chat lines. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. Nice callback. The crusty can't read. Why? 
It says that the little boy who never lost faith in you has lost faith in you. Crusty, you are going to Bart Simpson's house for dinner tonight. But I have plans. This is kind of the first, because they didn't really allude to it, that Crusty's kind of a scumbag. Um, like, he's gambling, he's calling the sex chat line, like, that he's not um, a perfect kid's clown type of thing. Like, he's got a bit of a seedy underbelly. Was it, did you guys ever meet one of your heroes or or learn something about somebody that you idolized or was a hero or something like that that kind of made you lose faith in them like Bart did with Krusty when he didn't show up? I think more kind of more kind of recently with um, a lot of like one like one name that comes to mind for me wasn't an idol or anything by any means. I just genuinely liked him as a as an as an actor and as a performer. Um, but Kevin Spacey is one that comes to mind for me. Where like a House of Cards was one of my favourites, and I loved his character. I loved Frank Underwood just in the way he was played. But then everything, um, all everything else came out, and just seeing that alone really sullied my view of who he was as a person. But also in 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 part, it also bled into the art form and was like, I, I kind of lost a little bit of appreciation, at least in the offset from what had happened. So that would be the example I would use. Do you like uh, the movie American Beauty, Darren? Honestly, like, I remember watching it, like, like such a long, long time ago. I I honestly couldn't give a valid judgment on it because um, it's been that uh, long yeah. since I've watched it. Uh, I talked quite a bit about Kevin Spacey in our uh, Michael Jackson Stark Raving Dad episode. Ah, okay. Yeah, see. Yeah. We, it's, uh, it's, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Uh, all I was, uh, was going to say is it's one of those movies that's very like, it always reels, it always kind of comes around. Do you, know what, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those movies that kind of always just kind of comes around in, in conversation in, in, in one form or another. Like you remember the you remember the the um the theatrical poster. You remember going to the movies and that when that came out at the time. You remember the theatrical yeah. poster and, and that. But um yeah, like that's one example. You know, just they say like one guy. Back when posters were creative, now all the posters are just a bunch of floating heads. <laughs> yeah, all, every single poster. They're all looking. They're all looking off in separate directions. Exactly. Yeah. No creativity no, with posters. No one, no one's actually focusing ahead. It's as if no one's actually focusing on the story, which is like a lot of movies these days. It seems. Hey, didn't didn't you guys learn from South Park? You want to be cool, and you're doing a, a shoot for a CD or a post or something. You always gotta look not at the camera. You guys gotta look off like you're totally in another world. That's how you'd be cool. Didn't you? Didn't Creed right. do that? Everything. Everyone should. Everyone should model themselves after the band Creed. Legends. Whatever I must have missed that chapter in, in, in Douchery 101. You know, just how to how to look like you're thinking, but still look like an asshole at the same time. Just staring off, ignoring whoever's looking at you, talking to you off into the distance. Creed probably started that, and they started the evolution of of um, D-bag bands. Creed gave birth to Theory of a Dead Man, who gave birth to Daughtry, and so on and so on and so on. And that goes the cycle of life. Clearly, this episode isn't very um, grabbing because we're not really talking a lot about it. <laughs> this happens when the, the, when the material's kind of dry. Yeah. Like, the only good part so far in Act 1 was when Krusty pulls Mr. Teeny out of the bag and tells him to go wait in the car. And then Homer, oh, we could have seen a monkey. But, like, this part right here, this is what I'm talking about. Krusty is, like, he's a little... Um, 
a son of a rabbi uh, who is saying a bunch of things that I don't really understand, especially when I was a, a younger kid. I get it now that he's displeased. He doesn't want Krusty to be a clown. But, uh, like, I don't... I couldn't, I couldn't follow it. I didn't understand what was going on. I do like uh, that fathers choking their sons are universal in the universe, though. Yeah. Regardless of religion, yeah. And uh, Jackie Mason is the voice of uh, Rabbi Krasovsky there. Jackie Mason is, I think, a comedian. I thought he was that guy in the Honeymooners, but then I was like, oh, wait, that's Jackie Gleason, so it's not Jackie Mason. <laughs> Easily confused, this voice. It's funny though, it's interesting to see that there's all, you see this kind of story trait played out like, across like several stories throughout history where it's like the father and son element of like the son wants to break outside of the norm, the father's very traditional and the son wants to not follow those norms and break out and be different like you're seeing here. Like, yeah. obviously, Christie's dad wants him wants him to be something greater than a than somebody that gets laughed at, and he's finding so much joy in that, and he provides others so much joy. But looking for the ultimate joy and approval in life, sorry, we're getting very touching here. But the ultimate joy and approval in like some son's lives is, or a boy's life, is the approval of his father, and it's something that you search and you yearn for as a kid, and it's like that's what you're seeing play out right now, and it's kind of touching. It is, and I I didn't realize there because uh yep. rabbi krasovsky just says that you could have been a jazz singer so that that's the reference to the to the movie ah, and yes I, I there you go learn something new but uh yeah that's this right is, uh this is probably kanye's favorite episode right Ooh. why oh oh yeah, yeah 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 i get it i get things yeah um Sorry, I, I just thought maybe i'd make a joke because so far the episode hasn't yeah uh shout out to kanye you, you've single-handedly just ruined your career in a matter of just right off a cliff. No, and and the, and he's just doubling down. He is sticking with the his his, oh, yeah. his fascist remarks, and he's just he's going right in there. It takes a lot of um, what's the word? Stupidity to do that, but he got the stupid ratchet up good. I mean, I'll put it to you, I'll put it to you this way. He's uh, it's like he's in Vegas right now, and someone has not told him when to say enough is enough and to walk away from the table. This man just keeps on going. The thing and, uh, is, though, he's, he's not at a... Kanye's not even at a table anymore. He's out in the desert talking to a cactus. true. Oh, he's calling in. He's like at an auction. He's like calling in his bets. <laughs> the Simpsons has taught, have taught us how to deal with people like that. It's uh, just don't look. You know, just don't look. Sure. That's true. Yeah. I was going to say, does Homer not... Does Homer not, I can't remember what episode it is. I think it's the episode where... He, uh, he has the IOU to Patty and Selma, and he calls mm. he calls Vegas. And he's like, "Hello, Vegas. Put everything on red." <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll a send you a check. <laughs> God, Modern holy... Jewish father went a trip to Israel. That's what that magazine yeah, said. Reading. This montage that they go through is pretty sad. Crusty. He looks like a hobo sitting in a in a bus stop with a look at that poster. I never noticed before. Scenic South Dakota. Dakota. Uh, shout out to South Dakota, wherever that is. Uh, not North Dakota, but South. Shout out to our uh, bunch of listeners that just hopped on from Singapore. Yeah, we don't know why Singapore has become. Uh, uh, yeah, so let us know at uh, Simpsons underscore EB. Maybe yeah. there's a show called like The Flimpsons and somebody mistyped something and they just kind of got on there. Another MP and Chimpy. This is a couple episodes in a row we get itchy and scratchy. They kind of remind me when Willie did that, when he turned into a 
Ah, uh, the lawn of the other uh, lawn. Yeah, the, exactly. The harvester. Yes. That's a bit of lazy animation though, because this is twice now. Once during Krusty when he hits Sideshow with the axe, and again during uh, Itchy and Scratchy where they cut to Bart and Lisa laughing like wide mouth. But that was the exact same shot from earlier in the episode. Hope somebody get fired for that blender. Oh yeah, you watched the episode good, Nick. I do. I love how Maggie's just left there. They've got a mission to go and do. They've got a, a story out to go through. Maggie's just like, okay, bye. Yeah, it, it really is crazy how the tide turned from the, the Tracy Almond shorts where Maggie, the three of them, they were like the show. And now she's just kind of there sometimes. Maggie's honestly, she, she's the easy, I mean, she's the love. She's the most lovable character out of them all. She's little baby. Like she is She is lovable. But she is always the one that can have, like, those, it's a safe sea story, but they can often be, like, if the episode is, I'm sorry, kind of like this one, where it is a little bit, you know, dry and humour, those sea stories end up being, like, some of the more memorable moments of the entire series. I uh, I do like how Reverend Lovejoy is naive enough to think that kids are listening, elementary school kids are listening to Gavin about God uh, on the radio, and that he has his non-Christian Rolodex. Now, if you're a a Jewish kid, you probably this episode is probably fascinating, right? Probably. Yeah, there probably wasn't a lot of cartoons touching base on this kind of stuff. I would. Um, uh, I had a friend in college who thought I was Jewish, and one time he wished, wished me Happy Hanukkah. I have no idea how he got that because. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, look at there's a there's a gold record there. Um, for the Larry Davis experience. Larry David. Okay, and our first caller is from Shelbyville Heights. Yes, hi. With all the suffering and injustice in the world, do you ever wonder if God really exists? No. There you go. Great, good conversation there. Something they could all agree on. Yeah. And you like how the like the kind of greasy hippie. KBPL uh, DJ is wearing a fog hat T-shirt too. Like he just well, you guys are from the the radio industry, so you guys could probably relate to this scene right here. Yeah, radio it's, doesn't like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that is such a thing. They would have the only thing that's really missing from here is a is a desk, like a massive desk with all of them sitting at it. That is the only thing that is that separate. Not awkwardly sitting in separate little sofas. Yeah. No. no, but it's all still like I don't care how much paint and like LED lights you put up in a radio studio. It's still a dingy radio studio with like crap lighting. That is true. Yeah, the crap lighting is a key to that too. They're you need to bring it. You need to bring in a flashlight to read whatever it is that you've got in front of you. Yeah. See, see now this part here where you know Bart pretends to be a little rabbi and he's they're talking about you know full. Jewish philosophy, essentially. This is where it really got confusing for me as a kid, and I lost it because I don't, I couldn't follow it. I don't understand what Bart. I, sorry, I should say I didn't understand what Bart uh, was trying to do here. Um, like I didn't understand how he was trying to get on Rabbi Kristofsky's side. And like this, like this part, like he's he's trying to like it's a meet and greet, and like he's talking about meeting Sal Bello at, at the deli. And crusty yeah. French Legion, like I have no idea what the hell was going on. 
Is he silly? What a class. And even, it's, even it's at the definitely time, not yeah. captivating in terms of you know, it's it's not me it's not pulling me into the story at all. No, I feel like you would have had to have been either Jewish or um very educated uh adult who really kind of liked these type of references. I see uh, the Jackie Mason, uh, a sandwich in there by the name of the Jackie Mason, so him yeah. getting a, a tip to himself there. It's two episodes, in, no, two of three episodes now in the last uh, three where there's a little bit meta because uh, in, in the Bart Simpson story at the end of Bart the Murderer, the Joe Mantegna playing Fat Tony. Well, Joe Mantegna is Fat Tony, so uh, uh, yeah, nice little reference there. 50 million Frenchmen can't be wrong. Bart, you've been going about this all wrong. What's the one thing rabbis prize above everything else? Those stupid hats? No, Bart. No, Edge. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, no, I know. 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 Just yeah, I love pop-up books as a kid. Fantastic. And, uh, oh, Shatter you should see the pop-up books they have now. They're crazy. Oh, yeah. The kids still know what books are, or are they all just on iPads? Uh, they're uh, all just on iPads. Yeah. yeah, for the most part. They don't. They don't read the books. The parents read the books to them. Well, they don't have to be the brain learning. See, that was the thing about pop-up books. Pop-up books provided a third dimension to the book. Now we've went back mm -hmm. a step in the evolutionary process. We're now back to two D. The uh, big pop-up book of phobias is probably like one of the best pop-up books ever ever made. I mean, you can't have someone hail from the British Isles come on your show and not say the big book of British smiles. I mean, yeah. if, that would, if that was a pop-up book, that would rival like a topographic map of some places of the world, let me tell you. Someone on Etsy, get on that. You're going to make a killing. <laughs> I want 10% royalties, by the way, trademark. Uh, there you go. Yeah. One of my... Uh, that might be my favorite British joke. Um, uh, stab at England there when they have the big book of British smiles. That and when um, uh, the guy is trying to pitch Mr. Burns' casino idea. He's like, we got the, the best girls right from the streets of Sussex, they is. And there's like the, the old haggard lady. Fresh in your drink. Fresh in the drink, <laughs> Get out. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah, and then uh, in Family Guy, when uh, there's the British Family Guy. And uh, they're all Peter's characters says something about, oh, I, we're going to go down to the parade to, to, to call Charles a wanker. And there's Prince Charles going on the street and just people yelling, you're a wanker. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just predicting the future because that's what he gets mostly nowadays when he walks through the streets in the UK. Yep. And see, like this, I didn't know who the hell Sammy Davis Jr. was growing up and how they used an entertainer's words to counter Rabbi Kristofsky here. Um, so, like, I didn't understand why he was crying. I had no idea what was going on. Oh, I like this. Though. This is the first, like, inebriated. I still don't understand. <laughs> actually, you're being sarcastic, though. Oh, no, like, actually, I, I still don't. I didn't oh. bother to ever look into it. Yeah. So what happened? That's like, go, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, what happens is Bart is quoting a book, Sammy Davis's Jr., the singer, quoting his book uh, and used a line um, 
to basically show how valuable entertainers are in the wor in, in the world to prove Rabbi's Krustovsky's views wrong the entertainers and clowns are, you know, bad people. Ah, uh, okay. See, and again, I had to like I had to look that up years ago. And so unless you you, you go and look that up or unless you're really familiar with a 1950s singer like Sammy Davis Jr., you wouldn't have any idea what's going on. I just want Come on guys, I'm not doing a spot like this. Let's have a warm crusty welcome. For my estranged father, Rabbi... I do like the nice ending, though. The nice ending is kind of cool. Oh, the song! Yeah! I used to sing this all the time. I had no idea what I was saying, but I used to sing this all the time. Didn't even bother to put subtitles on that. No, <laughs> maybe the the captures didn't either. And that's the episode. That just, All right. Yeah. yeah. So we got a. Uh, an episode filled with a crusty visit to the Simpsons mm -hmm. house, and then a lot of um, Jewish history and philosophy, and some references that. Uh, there was no you know, itchy and scratchy in that whole thing, yeah. In the episode. Yeah. Yeah, when itchy, you talked about it when. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's like I was so out of it. In this episode that I didn't even retain the one thing I should have, which was Itchy and Scratchy. You know it's a really bad episode if Shane isn't watching the Impy and Chimpy and he can't remember that, then that is the sign of a terrible episode. It really does, you know, I understand why I skip this in my rotation when I'm doing a, a replay through, because it mm -hmm. really, really is dry. I get it if you were if you were probably somebody of the Jewish faith and watching this when they're probably... Not probably. There weren't many cartoons or shows in general um, focused on Jewish individuals. You probably found this pretty interesting that they did that. But I, I just I can't get into it. I thought it might be a little bit better uh, this time around. This gets a fail for me. This is a uh, this is a four. This is one of the lowest. A four. Yeah. Um, that we have had in a very long time. I, I just I, I I can't do it justice. I can't. Sorry. The show doesn't do itself justice enough that I can't give it anything more than that it's just it's not funny it's dry it, it is sweet i guess but not redeeming um darren what are your final thoughts on this one what's your final score um i mean i i like the uh i appreciated the the light-hearted um ending i mean it starts with some it starts with some kind of you know tough subject matter from like a family perspective but then it kind of ends on like a very light-hearted and, and loving note with a father and son coming together with Krusty and his dad um but overall the you know much to your guys point it was a bit dry like we lost you know we kind of lost the, the the plot of like watching it and that and like didn't really kind of like catch on um so the lightheartedness aside i don't think that kind of saved it so for me i think i'm i'm kind of on the line with, with unite there i think i'm going to give it a four i've went down i started at a 5.5 it's came down to a, a four for me i think yeah I lost, a, lost a little bit I see where you're coming from, Darren. There's just not enough in the episode to to give it that passable rating. Shane, where are the jokes, man? Where, where are where? the jokes? Yeah, where were they? Even the act one I thought was funnier than it actually um, 
was. But Shane, you had the highest of all of us going to this most optimism yep. with a six point two near final score. Uh so usually Darren, the way this goes is if I think an episode was okay, I'll give it a six. So a six would mean that it made it to air. It's not easy to produce an episode. You know, it's hard to get things on television. Uh, with that said, I'm giving this a five. Uh, it's, That's rare it's, for you. That's yeah. Rare. This is educational. It's a heartwarming story between a father and son. Uh, but it's not funny and it's not entertaining. So it gets a five for me. I feel as if you're gonna if you're gonna do some watching or some viewing where you want to see, you know, you want to see like a light-hearted like father-son moment, then this episode is directly up your alley would be ten out of ten. Fantastic, right for you. But if you're looking for humor, if you're looking for, you know, something more um frankly stereotypical Simpsons, this isn't it. No, this isn't the, this isn't the one for you. Yeah, we have Trios of Horror too. Is the next episode in line? So they definitely spaced them out correctly, um, in terms of you know hitting you with something low and then hitting you something with something high. Because that's uh, true, yeah, yeah. Because after Trios of Horror two comes Lisa's Pony, which I remember being kind of so so, and then Saturdays of Thunder, which is one of my favorite episodes of uh, season three when when Bart and Homer enter the soapbox derby. Um, is there anything? I do have a, a pick for my best gag, best line. Um, is there anything like that stuck out for you, Shane? Typically in these episodes, you go with a background gag. Is there anything that stood out to you? Can you pick anything from this episode? Um, no, nothing to me was funny in this whole episode. That's that. There it is. That is a first for us. That neither one of us. Um, sorry, I do have something that either of us haven't had any gag or line background looking funny looking character anything to say that was the best funny moment um of the episode that 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 really does say something that yeah you know we're we're we've done this for you know three and uh two and a bit seasons and that's never come up before never um darren was there anything that piqued your interest at all and tickled Um, the funny bone in the slightest I don't know, maybe, maybe, two, maybe two moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe two moments for me in this one. Uh, the first one, kind of right off the hop, the, the gag, and this might be kind of like softball on it here, but the um, the, the gag of Krusty um, always taking out uh, Sideshow Mel uh, with the axe or like the hammer or the Sideshow the side guy always getting it. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just one of those like old comedy, like the main guy's doing it. And it's like, okay, folks, like doing one thing with one hand while like doing something else with the other. And it's usually at the expense of like the sidekick's health, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, so that one kind of catches me. And uh, and then the, um, oh, where was I going to go with that other one there? God, there was that one at the beginning. God, this really shows you how um, how bad the episode was then for me. Um, there was that one at the beginning, and then there was going to be one at the uh, there was one at the oh yeah, the one at the, one at the end. Yeah, no, there we go, there we go. The brain takes a couple of seconds to click. Um, the the part where it's like he's trying to punch through like the the things like pulled apart where Chris is doing his intro into the uh, like onto the stage, and he's normally like busting through that thing of his face where he's like, <laughs> but he's like barely like punching through it and just like breaking through it and then just when you see his face just completely like dejected and just like Ugh. like he's all haggard yeah yeah, yeah like that just like 
like I don't know that kind of made, that kind of made me laugh from the proponent of like I remember myself many of like a, a maybe like a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning after a good night out. That's how I sound and look when I wake up and finally come to is looking so disheveled and sounding like that. But um, I don't know, just the the contrast of going from like him being so big, bombastic, smile, laughing all the time to that of just being like, oh, I hate my life. It just, it's a bit of dark and kind of like abysmal humor, but it gets to me. Those are my two moments. Yeah, I get, I, uh, I get that. Nice little, nice little dark humor um, in, uh, in that. And even in Sideshow Mel kind of getting hurt and, and playing off of that. I got to go with um, him pulling Mr. Teeny out of the bag. The fact that he was just sitting in there. Like, no, right. yeah, I'll go wait in the car. And then Homer, the disappointment in Homer's face and the way that Dan delivers the line of, oh, we could have seen a monkey. And he's sad that he doesn't get to see. <laughs> Mr. Teeny, but we're reaching here. We really are. We're reaching for background gags, side gags, nothing that's really a main anything towards the storyline or that really hits home that really, you know, how to say in a, in a gut busting way. So it's, it's a bit of a letdown of an episode. That's for sure. But Shane, like you said, Treehouse of horror too, um, should pick it back up. Um, Absolutely. uh, It's, it's the best time of the episode though. Post post gag post rating. It's now Shane's plug time. So everybody, go on Twitter, follow us at Simpsons underscore EBE. Nick does all sorts of uh, fun polls, uh, retweets, jokes, memes. Uh, That's the best way to get in touch with us. Uh, So please follow us on Twitter at Simpsons underscore EBE. Most of you are listening to us on Spotify. Uh, So if you could give us a follow on Spotify, that would help out quite a bit. And actually, if you click Simpsons uh, episode by episode, you can give us a rating. So uh, give us a nice rating, please, and helps out the show. If you really want to go that extra mile, uh, there is a link in the description called Buy Me a Coffee. And all that does is if you go to that link, you can uh, throw a couple bucks to Nick and I and we'll buy a beverage. Uh, if not, if you don't do any of those things, two new episodes every Friday regardless. Thanks for listening. That's true. Two new episodes every single Friday because we love doing this. We love it when we have guests on, like somebody who grew up on you know, the other side of the ocean from us who, who love this show and who we are able to bond with over this show. Darren, thank you so much for, for uh, spending some time with us and uh, sharing your insight on kind of the Scottish Simpsons history and the, and the inaccuracies and accuracies of groundskeeper Willie. Um, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, guys, the, the pleasure has been all mine, man. It's been, it's been an absolute joy to come on and get to watch the Simpsons spend an evening with these and, catch up in some Simpsons and, and just get to chat and all things in general. It's been it's been a, an honor, a pleasure. And uh, hopefully, if um, if you will, you may have me back at, uh, at some point because I would love to come back on and um, and contribute a wee bit further. Um, for those of you that have been listening uh, tonight, if you have not been able to understand me, uh, I'm sorry, this is an audio podcast and we can't do subtitles. And I don't think AI has caught up to Scottish lexicon yet. So... Um, <laughs> have me back on i may try and dumb it down a little bit for you but um all jokes aside it's been an absolute joy tonight guys thank you very much for having me oh please don't dumb it down darren we love the accent everyone Absolutely. else as well. and uh yeah you you will be back for sure because we love we love having you that's for sure so shane my challenge for you for the end of this episode is mm-hmm. uh give me a little piece of music that uh reminds uh myself and darren and all our listeners of our great friend groundskeeper willie give me something that reminds us of Willie. We'll see you for Trias of Horror 2. Thanks again to Darren for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode. When you're alone and life is getting you lonely, you can always go. Ach, tune, tune. Nay!
fixed. 